0: Good God, what just happened? Uh, yeah, uh, quote, just got got all, got all quote away. Um, quarried, quoted away? Um, yeah, uh, geez, Jesus Christ, guys. Welcome to the Limehouse podcast. If you haven't been here before, that doesn't usually happen. In fact, that's the first time. It's the first time we've had feedback on the Limehouse podcast. It's the first time we've had a f- Fender Stratocaster on the Limehouse podcast. And it's why is that? It's because we've got a member of status quo on the show this week. The greatest live band that has ever existed, probably Britain's most underrated rock band of all time, and having spanned God about, I don't know, 300 years of, uh, of uh, creating fantastic music, it's about goddamn time we've got a member on the show, isn't it, really? It, it does also help that I am have been obsessed with status quo since about the age of 10. Um, we go into that on the podcast, so I won't bore the crap out of you with it now. But needles to say, wow, John, Rhino Edwards, bass player of status quo, joins, joins me in just a few minutes. And it's a good one. He's got one hell of a journey, man. Got one hell of a journey. I mean he's 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 played bass with quite a few quite a few people. Surprisingly to me I found out um I don't know 6 months ago maybe maybe less. He played in Dexie's Midnight Runners for God's sake. And we talk about that but we talk about like his in I don't know his induction into quo and that whole journey his relationship with Rick and Francis. But I don't know it's really I'm so enthusiastic because this means a lot to me. About a week build up to this conversation with John, I, I, I kind of slowly started to compute the fact that I would be f- kind of like, I don't know what you'd call it really, but completing a circle, which for anybody who knows this podcast reasonably well knows that I'm a bit of a Quo fan. And so it's a big deal. And it's probably maybe a little bit of a deal for, you, for any Quo fans out there listening today. So I'm really, I'm really happy that we're all able to get together and, and share in the down, down, deeper and down vibes of the status quo. Jesus wept. Um, but yeah, look, here's the deal, right? You haven't been on this podcast before. You haven't checked it out. Welcome, okay? Thank you so much for deciding to pop in and um infiltrate this new world that is gonna probably scar you for the rest of your life okay um and if you are an old hat to this show hi and thank you for being so kind on twitter this week showing me your love of the podcast because people spotify stuff is, 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 has come out hasn't it so you find out what tracks you've been listening to the most and albums and podcasts and a few people tweeted me so that's so 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 gosh darn nice of you to do that, um, yeah, Craig and Ed and um, Simon and uh, John. You're all just such lovely people, and Neil, all these men, all all these men. What have I done to deserve such lovely manly affection? And uh, <laughs> uh, it's been a long week for me. Just to say, this is, ramble is only of two minutes. Longer, Only two more minutes of this and then we're straight into the conversation with John. But it's been a strange week for me because I've had the kids on my own. The wife has gone down to London to pursue um, the love of another man. No, <laughs> maybe she has. Who knows? But uh, she's she's um, gone down to do some work. So I've been with Ray and Pearl and it's been f- very topsy-turvy. It's been f- freaking intense. Good, bad ugly, you name it, Um, did a bad thing today, took Ray on a walk in about two degrees, maybe two and a half degrees, uh, and uh, she cried for about half an hour, Uh, not ferociously, but just enough to make me feel like a bit of a dick for taking a little tiny child out in the freezing cold. But what are you going to do? So look, um, if you do feel like checking out other episodes of the Limehouse podcast, can I recommend, if you're a bit of a quonut, like quite a good chat with Bernie Marsden, actually. That was ages ago, but it's there. And Steve Harley, flip it X. Steve Harley, the, the another legend there. That was good fun. And if you're more into the 21st century rock <laughs> rock dudes, then uh, Peter Hayes, join me, from the Black Rubber Motorcycle Club, and um, Courtney Taylor-Taylor, from the Dandy Warhols, those were good chats, really good, uh, made me want to carry on doing the podcast, because it's a lonely business, this, it's a lonely business, but look, um, just one more minute, okay, one more minute, and then we're there, we're there, with John, don't worry, I'm not a celebrity, I'm aware of that, no one wants, no one, <laughs> is there anything someone wants less? Tuning into a podcast and some person they've never heard before rabbiting on about meaningless shit in their lives, I don't know, but it's comparable to maybe having your toe chopped off and then fed to a dog. So on that note, um, if you are on Twitter at Limehouse Pod, that's where you'll find me, and we're on Instagram, just the Limehouse Podcast. It's all you have to do; search there, and uh, yeah, look after yourselves and. God, Jesus, man. Fucking status quo. Go and hit them up, man. Seriously. Down, down. Paper plane. Wild side of life. Rocking all over the world. 4,500 times in the army now. Whatever you want. Endless freaking hits. I mean, endless. It's just so much joy. I was headbanging to those motherfuckers from the age of 10. And it never stopped. Best live band I've ever seen. God bless Rick Parfitt, R.I.P. the legend that is. And hey man, Francis Rossi, get your ass on the Limehouse podcast. Or, or don't. Okay. Anyway, guys, look after yourselves. John is a wonderful man. And I thank him from the bottom of my heart for coming on this here podcast. Bye bye.
1: Is, is your little one tiring you out?
0: Oh, I don't know, to be honest, John. Um, oh my God, it's, it's, we've actually had a bit of reprieve.
1: Hey, I've, we, we, oh, we went through three, you know, We're not we went through, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, we've, we've, we've got three, and the, um, and uh, in fact, my, my son, uh, our son Freddie, uh, he got married two and a half weeks ago, and that's the last one to be married, and uh, oh you know my, my family is um it's been great you know we've had, yeah we've had three and it's um i would say it's the only thing in my life that i that um that i've ever worked given my given 100% to i never worked yeah. hard for anything than being a parent except yeah, that, it's br- Except that when on. when Freddie said to me i i said to my Freddie, who is a musician as well from I mean more of that later but um he um I said to him, so what do you remember about me when you were growing up, you know, as a child? And he just looked at me and said, you not being there. And that oh, was, man, that was a, man, that was it. So I'm telling you, grab every second. That was a dagger through my heart. And I love him to bits and he loves me. And it's not, it wasn't, it wasn't being horrible. It's just what, he, you know, know, what he recalled. Yeah, and that's he, brutal honesty. He gave me for Christmas, my birthday last year, he gave me Izzy mayaki. And listerine, right? Listerine, and, and, and I said, I, and I said, that's really nice. And he said, that's the smells I remember when you when you were going off on tour. You would you would have Izumayake and you would have, and listerine. I Except know, I'd use listerine after shave and drunk izmayarki.
0: Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then, you know that's uh,
1: that's hard. But but then yeah. you know it's a price you pay.
0: No, but that is that's an interesting relationship you've got there, and to be that honest with one another, and for it not to like spill over like that is that's that's hardcore, isn't it?
1: Well, I'd like to think so. You know, I'd, I'd like to think that I've got. Well, I've, I'd like to think I've got a really close relationship with my kids because, um, at times, me and my daughter have, um, you know, it's been more like Anthony Joshua, you know, and I've been um, I've been Barry McGuigan getting a pasting, you know. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i'm giving my I'm, i don't mean i'm giving my age away i don't
0: need to cheers cheers no I'm, i've i had a glass of white wine earlier um is that i that just get terrible i get terribly worried that i'm gonna need a pee in the middle of an interview so it doesn't matter when you know um the good thing is the, the guest needs a wee
1: if i were well if i were to shake now then can you see this
0: yeah just about Oh are you in a toilet? Oh my god! You're oh, next what, what to a toilet. Time? You're
1: so prepared, John. Absolutely. You know. Well, <laughs> at my age, at my age, you have to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm at um. Uh, I, I'm at the I'm at the house that I'm intending to move into in the next couple of years, which we went out yeah. from, um, at, on the south on the south coast, and um.
0: Were well, you near Chichester or something?
1: yeah it's interesting absolutely oh it's god's country i mean i've I've been on the beach this evening uh, my my first wife um and uh, and the dog and it was just unbelievable it it never fails to amaze here god that that is amazing
0: no I've, i've I've done a lot of, um, I've I've done many, 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 many thousands of trips to West Wittering, the beach down there. And I've filmed um, a short film down there. I've got a couple of music videos down there as well. Really? It's, it's just, yeah, man. There's something about that place, especially when the tide goes all the way out and the sandbanks come up and it's, you can walk for nearly a mile and you feel like you're going to touch the Isle of Wight. It's,
1: it's stunning. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't. <laughs> you could try,
0: yeah. You, you
1: no, I know, it, it, um, it's the best place on I mean, well No, it's not the best place, there's many best places, but we we love it. And where we, a couple of hours, but yeah, the whole thing was the kids, you know, they'd they'd, they'd finish yeah. school Friday afternoon bosh We'd be at the caravan for seven o'clock. They'd have Friday, Saturday, Sunday, making sure they did their homework, making sure of that <laughs> for back Sunday night, you know, with the what also oh, we'd hang the washing up on the front, do the washing as soon as they got in. Straight down. Back Sunday night. Back to School of Money. Brilliant. The best. The best yeah. times.
0: No, it's true, man. It's true. And and, and I, I, I can, I kind of got like a similar thing with this, with Somerset, uh, where I, where we, 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 have had you did, Yeah, but week. I spoke to you
1: before, you said that's where you're from.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it means, it means a great deal to us. You know, my, my grandparents used to live down, well, they lived down there. My grandma lives down there now. My, my granddad died, but he, but they, they've had a house down there for 30 years and we've been going down there and after moving away recently from Surrey, um, it's kind of like a second home and and I didn't really realise that until COVID hit and all the fucking pressures of life and anxieties. No, and you I away I'm and... a Christian. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> he <laughs> I'm believer. lied. I'm a believer, but I'm not a Christian. But I'm a, I'm a believer. As yeah. the said, I am a
1: believer, but I don't know what it is. But I'm a believer. Yeah.
0: Well, you clearly, you're a spiritual guy, man. We've already talked about, you know, the countryside, you know, and we haven't even mentioned guitars. And oh, yeah. uh, and rock and then well, it's we, like already weird. You
1: know, yeah. Deep. I mean, it's, a, it's actually just. I mean, my my wife is is just. She's such a great person, and she's a, really and um, you know, she's just she would look at. She can she can see beauty in so many things, and she has taught me so much stuff. Yeah, in my life. Where,
0: where did you where did you meet?
1: I think when we met, I was dressed as a Bay City Roller. At a factory dress party, and uh, with with my mate, who was dressed as a frogman, and um, she wasn't dressed as anything, <laughs> but we were. And um, it's it, there's too many We met we met on many many times, but that was the one I can really remember. And then um, I saw her in, in a wine bar that goes back to the days of wine bars. But she was with two other two guys there. who I, I found out were friends. But she went to the loo, and I and I pretend and I waited outside, and pretended I was going in, as she came out. Um, I got talking to her and I went to see her sister because she was living with her sister and we didn't have phone mobiles or anything. And I, I knocked at the door and she wasn't in. And I spoke yeah. to her sister for 10 minutes. And when Kathy came home, my Kathy was my wife, her sister said, oh, that, bloke, that bloke's been there and I think you should go out with him. He's really, he's, a, you know, he's stupid. So and there we are. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Uh, yeah, I, I was
0: quite interested in... Um to say first before I forget um earliest memory of, of 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 you for me is seeing quo when I was about fuck I think I was probably about 10 and it was at Wembley Arena and and I was I was so terrified right I started crying because it was so loud absolutely just petrified and that was the support band anyway you guys came
1: <laughs> on I think you, Armageddon you, you, <laughs> right
0: Armageddon <laughs> what is this yeah. and I think I was enjoying the gig, but then you played rocking all over the world and everyone around me went mental, just shit their pants mental. And it was like something I'd never experienced. It was a lovely smell. It was the smell. smells
1: smells very spinal tap.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very spinal tap. And I just, that was it for me. The hook was in so deep. And so literally for 30 years, I've been a massive status quo fan. A freak a freakish status quo fan at times it's worn off in recent years with kids and wives wide wife and we also,
1: um, have a, we also have a range of medication <laughs> for, for people with your issues
0: but my point is is a, a massive status quo fan and i think well, after but, years hey, again see you good to hear.
1: we're a great band you ah. are great. our fans are amazing and uh and we're no we really you know we put in a shift
0: Jesus wept. The hardest rocking band I've ever seen live. And that, that's not just blowing smoke up your ass. Literally, you guys just don't you're, stop. You're and not, it's not. It's, you're... Yeah, on,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. You're,
1: no, you're really not. That's fair enough. I, but I, don't I, was, um, I don't mind a compliment sometimes.
0: No, well, you need to... You, yeah. I mean, it's it's just one of those things, isn't it? Like, the, you're in a an exceptionally successful band, so you have to kind of, like, with, a, with an army of fans that are, like, literally like no other... But anyway, I do remember waving to you when I was about 13, 14 at, at Wembley Arena and you pointed at me and you waved back and it literally, I just, I nearly just died. You know, I was like, oh my, oh my God. I turned to my dad and he was smiling at me. God rest his soul. But it was, oh, it was a moment. It was a moment. But I just wanted to get that off my chest before I forget. Because sometimes I forget to do that with people that um, mean something to me. But yeah, no, quite mean a lot well, you know to me, Do you
1: know what? It, it's really weird. I'm afraid I can't remember at the moment, but I probably did because I really, know <laughs> because, no, I really like to, you know, it, 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 this, it, this is the great thing about State Square, in my opinion, that um, it's all about a connect with people, you know, it's not like that yeah. we're down there, and I, I know this sounds fine, you know, it's not that we're up there and you're down there, but it's not, it's not like that. We're, um, it's the connect is the main thing. We're having a good time and we really do have a good time and, you just hope that, that 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 sort of um that comes over to people that we're having a great time and we're playing great songs and we're really good and we're here for the party you know we we we're here for your party
0: yeah it, the, it is what, a party what, isn't it Pardon? Yeah. it is
1: a party isn't it well we yeah and we're here for your party you know we 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 are you know what's it the boys what is it the boys to entertain you well, that sounds like one of the, it's one of those awful bloody comedy programs. Never mind, I can't remember what it is. <laughs> we are the boys, uh, No, oh, it's almost like Dad's Army, which we are nowadays. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: We Do you are, know what? You're, yeah, still, not I, I'm, I'm you're not, still not old enough. You're
1: still not old enough. Jones, actually, you know, don't you know? I am. Let's go back, Mag.
0: It'd be quite cool to figure out a bit about you musically and, and when it when things got going for you when you what instrument you picked up first and what was your first love
1: well my, um i was a troubled soul as a child um from a very early i think from a very very early age i was pretty um yeah. troubled isn't the right word but i was um a problem child as they used to call me and um um yeah i was a problem child and um there be, i was tr- you know, trouble at school and i was and I used to see, sci- I saw psychiatrists from the age of seven. Um, so okay. obviously, you know, it's fairly obvious. Even in those, you know, even back in those days, I was sort of on the radar. And, um...
0: What was it, sorry, John, what, what was, what was like the, the crux of I don't that, know. was it? Like, They no don't know? No idea, I was
1: young, you know, I was just, I was just odd. Yeah. And, um... And then one, one day, there, there was uh, violin lessons going at school, and I thought, I'll have a go at that. Oh, Okay, I have to predate, predate that. My mum says to me that when I was two, before I could read or write, I would know what records I would like her to play. And I wanted her to play records all the time, that's all I wanted. And then um, when I was at school, they said, Oh, there's violin lessons going. And I thought, and so I, I enrolled in those. And after about four, the violin teacher, Mrs. Shipton, who became a, a huge influence on me, Uh, what we didn't have a phone. I mean, we were piss poor. We really were. And she walked around to my house, which was about two, two miles one evening and said to my mum, your son is really talented. He needs to have lessons, private lessons. And I think she probably gave him a special way and my parents, you know, scrimped and saved for me to have lessons. And, um, I, I, I started on the violin and then I heard the Beatles. In 1962 I had loved me do and it was a complete epiphany at the same time in the violin I was uh getting I got a scholarship to, to the London College of Music wow. was, uh, your they,
0: parents must have been made up
1: well were they yeah they were but I was still a nightmare you know it was a total nightmare and uh, anyway I did that but by that time I'd I'd um I'd found the Beatles and it, my, my, um, my college was in great Marlborough street, which is, um, right by Carnaby street. And I'm going, I'm that old, um, back in the day, Oxford street was closed on a Saturday afternoon as was Carnaby street. And I would find myself a spending all my post office savings on pinball machines cause I was mental on pinball. So I was in the amusement <laughs> arcades all the time, going to college, with my fingers that they could hardly move because I've been doing the flippers so much. Um, anyway, coming away from there and then going for a walk around Soho, around Carnaby Street, and it was amazing times. In fact, I saw George Harrison when he got married. He got married in Argyle Street, I believe by the Palladium and being English, I joined a queue and there was a load (laughs) of people there and all of a sudden George Harrison came out with Patty Boyd and that was a huge moment for me. Wow i've seen yeah. one of the beatles in real life still, yeah still the only time i have yeah as i said I'd, I'd heard the beatles and that was it and then i got expelled from the um i i i, I was good enough to get to grammar school and I'm, I'm not thick yeah but i'm not but i'm not thick but i'm not clever but I, nice. I got expelled from the grammar school for smashing up trains basically on my way home from school i was I oh, was. as i said i was a trouble Do you know what? I I reckon that I was an extreme case. You you see, I'm quite not outspoken, but I think, you know, it's very easy for people to say I'm this and I'm that and I'm this nowadays. I mean, I I was an extreme case and the extreme cases were the ones that were seen. The rest of them just get on with it. And I don't mean that. I'm not saying that people should be ignored, but I think it's, um, Mm. I have a very, I have a very unfashionable view of life. I think there. I think that people sometimes it's very easy for some people to not looking to to not look within and see where the problem is and, and to and to pass it on to others. That's that's my opinion okay. on things. You know,
0: yeah.
1: it's difficult. I mean, you know, I'm. By the time this podcast is finished, I'll probably say something out of turn, and I and I really don't want to. It's difficult. I mean, you know, I'm, and I ended up. Um, as I got expelled from the grammar school, which was, um, I know I had the choice of going into care or going to a, a, a school that would tell me out and I went to, I ended up going to Stinsford School at, and it said it on the, the poster, at the, the board outside, Stinsford School for Maladjusted Boys, which I was, but it was fantastic. I only had yeah. two years there and I was at a school for misfits with loads of other misfits. Care, into, care in the community, Bollocks! Put people where they want to be, where they need to be, with people of a similar of a similar situation. And people, and some people will, some people will go down, and some people will fly. And I, and yeah. I was able to fly. Yeah.
0: You well, know? that's a that's I'm not a good flying, that's, a, that's but I, great. I bring
1: it out at the other side, you know. Even though yeah. I then discovered the wonderful world of drugs, but that's another story. <laughs> but
0: no, you know. But it, that-
1: it, I, I, it was my my. I've had a very strange life, but um,
0: hmm.
1: I'm sorry, I'm probably not making a lot of sense, really.
0: No, you are, man. Like you are. It's hard to articulate stuff that happened to you. I don't know, I, fucking I, fifty I, five I, years I, ago.
1: And I haven't actually spoken about this for not spoken about this for a while. But then I, anyway, after my schooling, I went to Hammersmith College for further education during as a, during which time I got one O level because I came out of boarding school with maths qualifications but that was it and um yeah and then i I, yeah discovered the drugs from there but i also i also discovered not discovered but i did uh, the the world of bands suddenly came suddenly hove into view you know and i i was into into all that and then um on the 7th of november 1969 i went to richmond athletic ground on my own because i didn't Oh, get the violin out! I didn't have I didn't have many friends, but that, that's okay. Yeah. I don't need I don't need. I'm quite you know I'm quite okay on my own. Anyway, I went yeah. to see Free Groundhogs, Joanne Kelly, and Marvin and the Thunderbolts, which people of my age will all know. And I saw Free, and I just came out of the thing. Oh my God! Yeah. My first epiphany was the Beatles. My second one was Free. I'm going to be a bass player, and that was oh the, really? Oh, totally. You know, it was like, oh my god, it, and it was the right day. You know what I mean. I would just been chucked right. out of a band, playing violin and guitar because I I lost it on the violin. I had no interest really, and my my guitar playing, which is now very good, wasn't very good at the time. Okay. And the band had attacked me, and they said, you know, you're crap, which was again, which is fair enough. And then um, I saw free, and that was it. And then I got um, my dad. He, like you said, God rest him. God rest his soul. He, um, he, we were sitting in my lounge and he said, Hey John, I've seen an advert in the local paper. This band's looking for a bass guitarist. As you used to say, not a guitar, guitar. <laughs> Only oh, the bass guitarist. <laughs> I fell up and I, 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 I went to this and we played "Must Be Wild. And I think it might have been Sunshine Love Your Love or one of, the, one of those songs. Anyway, I got the job and they had gigs. They were playing. I was getting five quid a gig, you know, apart from my day job. And um, it was like, wow, this is amazing, you know. And they were all a lot older than me. They used to treat me like shit, and I love them to bits, and I respect them so much. And I, I, used, to, I used to get so much. i will never let to sit in the front of the van. They used to just kick, not kick, but they used to, in this rehearsal, and there was a load of footballs, and they always yeah. used to say to me, can you go and pick something up in the corner? Think, oh, yeah. Okay, I'll go and do that. And all of a sudden, bang, bang, bang. That it'll be kicking footballs at me. You know, Fucking hell. You know just, Oh mate, I got such a hard time. However, it was the best education. And I, I got an email in 1997 from, from the from a bloke. And he said, I watched you I watched status quo Plymouth pavilions. And i kept thinking i know that bass player i know him and he said i suddenly realized that it was you you were the bass player in the band which was called maniac mouse and he said after that yeah. i was 17 they were 35 you know and he said after that yeah. week or two weeks we realized you were far better than us I you know and, really. we, and i am so thrilled to see somebody to, to, to have done that you know which was great you know anyway but yeah that's I'm, such, that's I'm so not, mental. I'm crackling on, aren't
0: I? No, no, no. It's great. It's great, John. But um, yeah, let's get back to music. Because... Um...
1: Oh, did, did you do the undertones, Guy? Hey, how can you not be a fan of someone who wrote, what is it? He's got a brand new sheepskin jacket. It must have cost a packet. I mean... Yeah. yeah oh, you know, that yeah. That for me is on a, is on a par with um, Born Under a Bad Sign. You know, it's, it's, it's <laughs> such a reflection of life,
0: yeah, yeah. The Undertones, man. You cut. I, I, I adore them. Again, a band that like I've seen quite a few times, and they just get under your skin in in a way that it's, is very precious. It, you, the lyrics,
1: are, some of the lyrics are my perfect cousin. What I like to do, he doesn't. I mean, yeah.
0: you know, yeah. Fast.
1: He's he, uh, the kind of thing ch- you strive for as a lyricist. Yeah.
0: No, no, I, I agree. And also, to, you can do it, but just have the balls and the delivery, right? You've got to write it, sing it, and then deliver it. And I, I think that's what's, you know, the, that's the key to so many of those bands of that era. You know, they can, they, Buzzcocks were really good at that. You know, Pete Shelley would just write these mental lyrics, but just be able to pull it off. And you'd be like, well, it's, it's all he of, just makes you know, it cool. Well,
1: well, well music, great mu- a lot of great music like that, especially if you like in the, in the, the three-minute song is having a mood of music that captures the mood of the lyric. And it's not easy. Some of them are, you know, they're, they're moments of inspiration. And then you get songs like Psycho Killer, which is yeah. just unreal. But they're probably, you know, yeah. they probably took him two months to write.
0: We were at Richmond Park and and you saw Free Free is a good one because I remember seeing um, Paul Rogers supporting you guys at Wembley, uh, Wembley Arena.
1: Mate, I, I, I could... Paul Rogers, I just couldn't speak to him. It's like, you, you are opening for me. This is really weird. Paul Rogers, yeah, supporting me. I just couldn't handle it. I mean, I I, I was, I remember being in a lift with him, going up in a hotel one night to to a, He was obviously going to his room, I was going to mine. But um, I'm like, oh my God, I'm in a lift with Paul Rogers. Not only that he's supporting status quo. It's like, this is weird. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was the one, that was the one. I mean, I've had a few strange moments like that. I've had, um, the small faces was my other favorite band and the keyboard player, oh, them, man. Ian McLagan. I was introduced to him and I'm in a hotel in Zurich and the door opens and I'm going to my room and it's Ian McLagan. at the door. He said, Hello, Ron, how you doing? Come down, I'll buy you a pint, you know, because they've got good Guinness at the bar. Are like, oh, you all right, Mac? Yeah. Thanks a lot, you know. And I'm going up to my room thinking, I can't get over this. I mean, I'm. I'm, I'm I, the day you stop being a fan is the day you should stop making music, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, no, a,
1: so, it's like Ian McLagan, the Ian McLagan, asked yeah. me that, you know, and I mean, there are. Yeah. And, and he's like me, you know. I mean, I've had people say things, say things like that to me, and a couple of times it's like, well, great, but it, yeah, well, it's really nice. You know, yeah, you know it I've is. Been able to, I've been able to do that.
0: It's the power of of. I think the I think the thing is when you don't know, but it's 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 it's. But kind I of do like know. Unique. I do
1: know because I'm a mega fan. But I right, I, yeah. I Get what you were saying. Absolutely no. We we know absolutely. Because you know, yeah. as a musician, I still have people that I look up to, I mean, and they're not necessarily in, you know, necessarily musicians. You know, I mean, I, bizarrely, I mean, I, I look, I kind of look up to footballers, or yeah. people, yeah. or anybody, you know, anybody who's who's great in their field. You know, yeah, definitely anyone who's great. You know, that works for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, unless it's so like if you
1: or Fred. West. Sorry, unless it. Unless it's, Unless it's Fred West, West. yeah, he was good in his, you know, he was apparently good in his field.
0: That didn't work for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did, oh. did a couple of shit albums, Fred West. Just went too far. You had a, a life, bef- obviously. You had a, you had a career before Quo, and I saw you in Dexty's, um did on you? the on YouTube. No, not live on oh, YouTube. Right. And fuck me, man. You don't take this the wrong way, but it's one of the funniest moments. I think it's like, um, is it Jackie Wilson and, or, or possibly come oh, on, come yeah. on Eileen, and you're doing the upright bass slapping thing. Or oh, that would have been coming on I mean, yeah, on the t-shirt. Coming on yeah. E-
1: yeah.
0: E- uh, it's, it's, it's from a different, I mean, like, it's not only because top of the pops is gone, but those kind of songs, those, that kind of dress. I mean, to be honest, some of that fashion is coming back anyway, but, um, that what's it like being on top of the pops, man like from your from because well, obviously you, know, you said I, you grew I've up and poor and I mean, penniless.
1: I, i've been on it with um judy zook in 1979 after that i was on deck there's a singer yeah and then after that i was on with kim wild
0: um, another grace.
1: i was doing a song called rage for love there, there's a the story they they um I got the job and they said, Will you are your hair black? And I said, Absolutely, no problem. And basically I dyed my hair black and I looked dead. I made Keith look <laughs> healthy at the time, you know, and he was in a bad place and we did but anyway, we we're on top of doing a song called Rage to Love. And um well when I was in Texas, we were doing a song called Jackie Wilson said and we used to call it Jockey. Yeah. And we, and we walked in there one morning and the guy and the, the foreman says, So Kevin, what picture would you like there, mate? You know, we'd really like to help you, and they said, oh, "Well, we'd like Jockey Wilson, of course, you know." And they put the picture of Jockey Wilson, the dark player,
0: yeah,
1: on, on the Jackie on on, <laughs> on a song called "Jackie Wilson," said, <laughs> and that's yeah, that's yeah. been on a few of these programs, and I swear that's exactly what happened. We used to call him yeah. Jockey, and that was a great. That I loved being in Texas. I absolutely loved it. I loved all the uh, the wacky styles of dress. Yeah. I love the whole I love the whole image and I love the attitude of the band. You didn't fuck around, you know. Hmm. You when you went on stage, it was it, completely different to quote, but it was like you were there and you were there to deliver an evening of passion, even if it involved Kevin singing at least five notes out of tune all the way through <laughs> or the guitar player. We did we did a TV show called Ruckpalast in Berlin and he managed to break five strings in one song for the sake of the passion it was a black belt karate and he let the guitar know that it was a black belt karate i mean it was bonkers but um yeah it was i loved it i absolutely adore being in dex's midnight runners you know, what was
0: it a just a band attitude was it a family vibe what was it
1: that well, I, I was a session player but i sort of got, got it I, i've sort of ended up in the in the inner ish circle um but I love it, you know. I I would I wouldn't I don't want I would not hear a bad word said about Kevin Rowland. I'm a hmm. total fan of the man and his attitude to art. And he wanted to yeah. make a, he wanted to make work. He wanted to be he wanted it to be art. And that that you know that really works for me. Yeah, I'm. A, yeah, what, that was some great some great times in my life there. Yeah. Hmm. You know, yeah. Obviously, millions we quote, but um, some really brilliant times with Dexes that I that I'm pl- that I'm pleased I had.
0: Absolutely, it's just like it's such a great um, journey you've been on, right? It's oh, so yeah. it's very I've, I've so won, versatile. I've
1: worn a lot of different clothes.
0: Yeah, but that, that's you know you you're a you were a pretty wanted man, right? Like a a, a, a reliable. I wasn't at
1: the player. time, you know. I mean, things, things happen by um by luck, you know. It's like um, the first message I had on my answer phone, I got, I got an answer phone in 1984, was from a guy to say that another bass player had recommended me for the for the gig with Kim Wilde, but I had to go and audition the next day. And when I got the job indexes, I'd actually was trying to get my own deal. And I went up for a meeting and I realised I'd left, I'd left my tape at home, I rang back to get it and the phone was ringing. And I thought, do I answer this or do I not? And I answered it and it was basically a friend of Kevin saying he'd been asked to play bass and he said, I'm not good enough, but I know someone that is. Which was me, unbelievably. um, Yeah, and if you want to, if you want to give these people, give them a call, they're waiting. And the next day, we did the young ones. You know, there was, a, there was a TV show. Oh, my God. There was, I'm, was the, I'm
0: familiar with that, mate. Don't worry.
1: <laughs> well, it was the first series, right? And and um, I ended up with all these people i have never met before watching rehearsals for this show I'd never seen. And then yeah. Q is, Q, D, Dex's Midnight Runners playing in the toilet or playing in the bathroom. And I'm there miming to a song, miming to a version of Jackie Wilson said on this show. I never knew anything about it. You know, and it's yeah. It. I, I mean, I, with Judy Zook, we played. Um, we played oh, the I Elton love that so much. Yeah, we but we, we played the Elton John concert in Central Park with four hundred thousand people there. You know, and I was in the band at the time. I mean, my, yeah, my life has been. uh, I'm very thankful for what has happened to me in my life, and it. But God. you know, you make you, you make your own luck. I. I it, it was either that or or drug dealing, basically
0: yeah no i believe i believe that man like i do i i think um we haven't gone in into like heavily into you you, you mentioned drugs and what have you well no we i'm not gone a, a druggie don't me no no i know but no, i no, meant you like know, you know,
1: I, I i've i've enjoyed the um the benefits of of hashish over the years you know I think
0: it's a requirement sometimes in rock and roll in the business. Do you know what I mean? Like to just take a, take a fucking I never, oh no, I never, I,
1: I never like the waffle dust. No, no, I never like the coconut. No, that's not for me. I like the acid and the, uh, oh, I hope my, my mum is <laughs> too. I hope she's not listening. But, um, no, I, I, I love the acid and the, and the, um, the Bob Hope, you know, that's, that's work for me. I did the other stuff. i dabbled, but no, not really.
0: Yeah. I've never done acid. I did mushrooms the other day for the first time and it was okay. I just laughed a lot. But I didn't, the other didn't day. we didn't we didn't Yeah, for the first time. And it didn't it was just a nice it was a nice giggle, man. It was like uh, and there was no paranoia that you didn't it was, take it enough it so vile. Ah, ah. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's my oh, fear. Yeah, acid, I don't wanna blow my is, um,
1: acid is oh it's, uh, for for me, not I wouldn't recommend it to anyone else, it's each to their own, but that was the most incredible thing it, most incredible experiences on the, uh, in the, in the world of, uh, whatever, in the world, the other world, you know, and yeah. the, and the, I've got other experience, you know, the other experience with my children and my music have been great, but that's, I'm just saying drugs, cocaine and all that, they're horrible drugs. You horrible see, men. you see, they see them ruin people's lives. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, oh my God. Then I, I, I mean, I, I,
1: they ruined Peter Green I played with Peter Green from Fleetwood Mac you know what yeah. yeah. they ruined his life you know so there you go what do I know I got I, I mean got, like, I, I away with it
0: he must have been like Peter Green I've never been I've never been able to get put my finger on what must have happened there like obviously people are like you know music you know freaking his, his, music historians will be able to Blah blah blah. Put me in my place. Whatever. I have fucking no idea what happened to Peter. I know. I saw him once at a blues festival. I got on. I got. I got. Got on the stage. Not actually on the stage, but I, I was watching him whilst he was playing. He was gone, but he we could still play. He was the Splinter Group, and he was still oh, you really. Know, well, you know.
1: Well, I mean, he's the.
0: Um, he wasn't there though.
1: He's no, but he's the one person when he was there that could make you. It was, it was the most spiritual experience playing guitar, really. You know, he just, he was really, the guitar was, um, it's really weird. I'm not, I'm quite spiritual, but the guitar, it, it was so unbelievably soulful. And, and you know, mm. you know, I'm sound like one of those people that's now dead that you see on the red, you know, BBC Four documentaries. Oh, yeah, back in that day in 1924. But it was just, it was... When he played a song, it was so full of sadness, mm. you know, and and it, it emotions like that. Then you you know you 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 get your great jazz musician, Miles Davis could could convey emotions in, in their playing. I think to those to those that wanted were to, 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 uh, of that persuasion, you know, that could could listen yeah. to and think, yeah. But Peter Green, yeah, for me, it, it's just it it touches my soul. You know, mm. as a musician, uh, I, I can really, yeah. You know, um, uh, I know this is audio, but I, you know, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, you know, no, it, for
1: sure. It, it, it just, it, it's just, it's, it's, and again, with with the, the band Free, the guitar player Paul Kossoff, it touched my, that touched my soul, which is why, why I had su- it, it had such a profound effect on me. You know, and, and I was like such a great loss. Pardon?
0: Such a great loss at such a young age. Unbelievable.
1: Twenty-five, yeah. Yeah. You
0: know,
1: I mean Terrific. that well, you know, again what we're talking about drugs. Mandrax. Oof. That was his thing. Downers. I can't think of a worse addiction than be to be addicted to downers.
0: Yeah. There's something yeah. deeper going on with someone who's do you know what I mean? Like, you know, there's something deep going on there. Who whoever's going down that rabbit hole?
1: I was in a again in my in my rich and varied career. I was in a band called the Climax Blues Band, and they had yeah, a frontman called Paul Sand, the middle of the name. And, and anyway, I had, I had some great times with them. And Colin Cooper, the sax player, one of the loveliest people I've ever met, had an idea for a live album. We were, we were always going to call it Loud, Confident, and Wrong. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and, the, and basically during lockdown, our sound the, the guy who mixes my sound, Dave, emailed me to say a i've actually recorded 41 shows on my computer and i listened to them all i have now being sectioned (laughs) 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 Um, i found something that i think is really good and he then sent it over to the guy who actually produced it all called my, my my friend mike paxman and um it's really weird. I couldn't believe it. It was really good because for me, the gig that you the gig, it's all about the gig. It's not about how well you play with. It's about people living with a smile on their face, having come having said I've had a really good evening, whatever's been going on in my day. I have forgotten about it. I've come really good time. And then I may go back to the ship, whatever. Yeah, anyway, he um, my friend Mike mixed it all. And it blew me away. And so we decided we weren't going to call it now the competent wrong. And my band is Rhino's Revenge, and I thought it a great title is Charge. And it is yes. <laughs> Charge because it, it's full on. It really is. And yeah. if you don't like it, that's fine. I don't care because you, you don't have to like it. What you be I don't mean to beyond criticism, but it's really good. It's a great live yeah. album. It's a, it's a record of a band. As I said, if you don't like it, you don't like it. But it's a, it's fantastic.
0: Well, if it, is is it anything like um, your the album that I've been listening to on Spotify, the one with famous on, and um, one yeah, was, but it's like that
1: with, with loads and loads more um more welly with with great players, you know. Yeah. And the thing is about it live, as I said, it's all about the show. So you, uh, the the playing is kind of it's it's, it's in another room. And when he, when he sent me it, I couldn't, I, I really, I was really staggered how good we were. So yeah. that's, that's where I'm at now. That's, and that's, it, the album is, is some status quo stuff that I've written. And, and some, uh, and, and some runner's Revenge stuff. And it basically, it, it's a best of live. And then we've yeah. all, I'm also going to do my third and final, uh, studio album. Which will be out sometime next year, and that's going to be called "You're Never Too Old."
0: Yeah,
1: I I wrote a song called "You're Never Too Old to Rock and Roll," which I don't think you are. You know, you can be, you can be wherever you are. You know, you can still have a great time. Well, Keith, Keith is even if you've only got one leg, you can still, you know, you're a Dexter. You can still hop up and down.
0: Mate, rock and roll is in in your heart, even if you can't fucking move. It's a state of mind, you know, more than anything. Like the first time you hear uh, "Good Golly Miss Molly" or what have you, or "Great Balls yeah, of absolutely. Fire." You know, it's 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 always with you forever, and and that's the, Lucille, that's the one for me. By the way, "Good Golly,"
1: Lucille, Lucille. Oh yeah, Little Richard. Yeah. First time I ever played live, and I still play it now.
0: Yeah yeah definitely Qu- um, Quo used to do a bit of that didn't they? used to do I, don't, I think I recall you guys doing um, rock and roll music as well I, yeah that was a, that was fucking great because you really nailed that as well there, that was, I think it was Jeff, Jeff Rich was on the drums back back in those days in the yeah. 90s oh do you my know god yeah go on go on
1: Chuck Berry supported us I mean again another one like what really oh I had yeah. such a moment right? I saw him and I went up, Chuck, and I said, Look, I'd really like to shake your hand. I mean, because it means it's just incredible to be working with you. And he said, I know you. You're that bass player. I was like, fuck off. Chuck Derry said me. <laughs> and not only that, right, and then he, and then he came and we We're going to do a photo session together, right, with Francis and Rick and us and Chuck. And all this voice came out in the dressing room. I ain't doing that shit. It <laughs> wouldn't do it. I ain't doing that shit. <laughs> But so what you know? He said, "You're yeah, yeah, that bass player, you know." Hey, what's a moment? And then I got yeah. to play his, I got yeah. to play his guitar. We'd been he he driven off, and the one of the guys was taking his guitar back in the dressing room before we went yeah. on. Can I have a play? He said, "Of course you can." So I'm on the floor, I'm on the floor, if I could do it. You know, I played Chuck Berry's guitar. You know, touch my hand, Alan Partridge. Don't touch me. Yeah. <laughs> it's it my face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kiss my face, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was. Oh mate,
0: that is that is it, that time, isn't it?
1: And I'm, unfortunately, I've I've blathered on and actually told you fuck all. No, it's fine. Yeah. No, 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 it's
0: fine. I just wanted, I just really, really wanted to know about Live Aid as well. And mm. I,
1: we got up at five o'clock to watch it, and it was like. I'm oh, watching it's my mate Rick there you know, hey, me my, my new best mate you know who I loved. Yeah. I loved Victor Bits we were we were very well, good for a very long time
0: this is the problem man we, we, we're we running out of time and I want to talk to you about Rick fucking Parfit one of the greatest living well you know one of the most amazing I, I, human know, beings I, I, alive. I,
1: I miss him uh, I miss him loads I really do you yeah know, uh, yeah um, you know it, it was you know it was a game of two halves let's not you know let's not be wrong you know, he could throw a custard pie in your face in a big way, you know, it it wasn't all your skills. However, I only remember, I I just want to remember the good times and he's the funniest man I've, still the funniest man I've ever met and he, and he, he, um, on his day, he was the nicest person you could ever meet. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He said, I
1: I, I had sepsis, before we go, I had sepsis a few years ago and and I nearly died and Rick sent me this Called really fantastic email because he hadn't realized how ill I was. And I, yeah. and, and um he said, I was, I was in the hospital and I was I was over the worst. But I sat down and read this beautiful email from him. It was really lovely. And at the end of it, he yeah. said, Rhino, Rhino, my love, if there's anything I can do for you, fuck off and get someone else to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I just <laughs> said, yes. And it made me, you know, it was exact. That yeah. was Rick. Totally, you know, right. the loveliest man who could, who could also make you, he used to make me weep with laughter, you know, but right. yeah, just things like yeah. that. It was so
0: nice. Yeah. I mean, like you can just, ima- I can only imagine, I think, you know, what it must have been like to have jammed with Rick fucking hung out, got pissed, whatever. And yeah, and we, had, wrote good, uh, we wrote
1: some good songs, you know, we really did. I mean, it was, um, the great thing with Rick, I would always record everything because the first idea was always the best, and then he would come out with yeah. eight more, which weren't as good.
0: Right. You know, yeah.
1: I mean, like we, I- and we you know we did we did some good stuff. It, I I think I can safely say it's the more obscure stuff. If we you know if we were doing this if we were doing this again, I'd do the whole thing again because I, I've real as I said to you, I don't um, having never done never really done this. I've blathered on too much because I I could have been more, more succinct, but there you go.
0: Can you imagine pissing James Brown off? Do you think your life would actually be worth living if you pissed you know James the, Brown off? You
1: know the James Brown story, don't you?
0: Um, well, right, there are about, several about thousands. This. Oh no, what's that?
1: It would do this, right, for the stab of the brass, okay? Yeah. If the stab wasn't enough, the next stab would be like that which means you've all yeah. been five dollars. You've been fined five dollars. And if it was like yeah. that, it means you've all been fined ten dollars. That said, it was the best gig I ever saw in my life, James Brown. It was the most, in, in the Beacon Theatre in New York, it was yeah. the most incredible night I've ever seen in music. And I mean, after after Frank Zappa, who I thought could never be topped. Bizarre. Oh, man. bizarre. James Brown, Blew my fucking head off, like nothing I've ever seen before. Since since free, that was it. Yeah. I mean, I don't, you know. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to be a soul singer now. <laughs> you
0: know,
1: I don't. I don't want to do the splits. You know, right. I, I can't say loud. I'm black and I'm proud because I can't. But, you
0: know. <laughs> but what? So what was it about uh, James Brown that that blew you, blew you away? So
1: Etta James was supporting. Oh, my God, what? And and, and, and I was at the back of the Beacon Theatre, and she put the microphone down on the floor. She was so overweight. She had to sit on a stool to sing, some of it, and she started singing, and she was on the stage, and the band were going... And I could hear her voice at the back of the theatre. It fucking blew me away. Then the Delphonics came on, who were shite. <gasps> oh, no, that's such a shame. Oh, I And love then, the then James, Brown, James Brown's band were all setting up, no, no road crew, in their stage gear. Maceo Parker came on. James Brown, uh, yeah, oh, fucking my hour. Uh, and then all of a sudden, he walked on, and it was like, oh, my God. This is incredible. I've never... Yeah. I and I and I thought at the time I will never ever see anything as good as that. But the only yeah. good the only good thing about that is that in the nineties we played a festival in Denmark called Skanderborg, and he'd been on the yeah. night before, and I got to sit under his hairdryer. <laughs> <laughs> he, had one, he had one of these um hairdryers, you know, that go over your head. Oh, right. He yeah, wouldn't yeah. go out after the gig until he had been under the hairdryer. And there's a picture of me somewhere under james brown's hairdryer big moment <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh mate john that is i love that that's 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 special um but i was thinking whilst you were talking then about gigs and what have you and what i realized i made a, a, a fuck up earlier i meant to say glastonbury i did want to know about glasto because i did see you guys there after many years of not seeing you that up was amazing YouTube for about it
1: was yeah. uh, it was amazing um you know, we, uh, we weren't, we, we weren't nervous, I suppose, because, you know, we're never nervous because we do, we, you know, we do our shtick, whatever it is, you know, and yeah. um, it was a bit more, you know, you you do Glastonbury, you do it for the right reasons, okay, you know, the money's shit, you, you go on it, you go on it because it's Glastonbury, you know, that's why you do it, and um, I've done Glastonbury yeah. three times with, with different bands, and yeah. um but this one we went on we didn't know what to expect we went on quite early we'd come in from somewhere else and we, you walked out there and it was like oh okay let's do this and we went on and we really did it you know we were good but you know yeah. we, we were always good we only we did we did our thing but um we really tore it up and i know we tore it up because at the end, we were coming back and, uh, funny enough i was with with my wife which is rare. We don't normally do gigs together. But we, we did a normal thing. We, we left straight away. And we stopped a yeah. pub on the way back. And Francis Rossi actually came in a pub, which he doesn't drink. And he was he's not in the slightest bit interested now. In but we actually he, I'll take that to mean that he actually thought we'd done really well. You yeah. know, we he actually came in and we, we, we all sat in the pub together and had a drink some pub in the middle of nowhere or got off the bus. And yeah, uh, that's, my, bizarrely, my memory is of Francis going into a pub because he's really a, a big non-drinker, non-drinker. I mean, really, really, no yeah. interest in alcohol.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, he's, he's kind of, yeah, learned the hard, not learned the hard way. He's made that, no, he he's made that decision.
1: At all. R- he just, um, he just, I remember he, he, we were in Nassau in 1988 and he just said, I'm not doing coke anymore yeah and then uh, i think he'd already stopped drinking you know i think 1987 he said i don't want to drink anymore 2011 yeah. i don't want to smoke death anymore he's that kind of a guy you know he's strong-minded yeah. you know yeah. he's, he's
0: mm. top man francis
1: he's
0: a he's a force of nature he, he was what's he like francis rossi because I, I mean i he's definitely someone that i would love to speak to but i think enigmatic. i'd be quite scared
1: enigmatic
0: enigmatic
1: yeah. yeah, it is, um, he's the most, I, I was actually thought about this recently, you will never meet in any walk of life, you will never meet a more loyal person than Francis, you mm. know, it, and you, and, uh, in the music business, you will never meet a fairer person than Francis. He's a real, he's a, yeah. he's a good, he's a good man. He's mad as a box of frogs. Oh, really? But he's a good man. Yeah, he's a real, you know, I've, um. He's what he he is You know And that's how he is And also I suppose when you're When you're number one in the On the baggage list You can be what you are You know And that's fair enough And um, But I um, And I'm not I'm not choosing my words But I I admire and respect Francis
0: Yeah I really do And
1: he's a nice guy Hmm. If He's He's a nice
0: guy if he likes you. If he doesn't like you, he's not. Because yeah, I mean, he's been a oh, fucking. Hell. I mean, he's been around for, a, for for in the limelight for for a long, 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 long time. Taken an inordinate amount of shit as well because of Quo and the they've only got four chords nonsense. Well, you know
1: what? The, the, you know the Abba album has come out. Yeah, and I think we, you know, although it's not quite as big, we're the Abba of rock, you know, the critics hated Abba the people
0: love them right the
1: hate status quo the people love them you know and who am i more bothered about Duh. right
0: well well but, but I've, I've had that this obviously you heard it a lot more than me but i was a quo fan when i was fucking 10 and that yeah. did, literally didn't change so i was about well now so i went through an entirety of telling people who were going I was, I'd go and see the Strokes I'd go and see the White Stripes or whatever and I'd be like listing great gigs and stuff and I'd go oh, have you ever seen Status Quo and they'd be like Status fucking Quo what are you talking about I'd be like I've had this my whole fucking life John do you know what I mean like Quo what are you talking about Will you you know we're, we're hip and cool and you're banging about Status Quo it's like well you haven't fucking seen them so you don't know well I mean I get
1: it and I love I mean I love the White Stripes you know with some of the bands yeah. just, you know, I love but we, you know, as Frank Zappa said, or a massive, you are what you is, and we are what we we are what we is, and we're really good at being the best status quo type band there is. <laughs> really, you know, and uh, yeah, I've I I um I saw Status Quo 1971 in my local pub supported by Thin Lizzy, and I thought, oh yeah.
0: my fucking god! Sorry, hang on, whoa, what?
1: Oh, yeah. Fin Lizzy yeah, in yeah, status quo. Why, why, if you did it again, I could tell you so much more stuff.
0: Well, we can. We're chatting now. Tell me something.
1: Oh, okay. No, I saw stuff in my, in the winning post in, w- in Witten, which is where I'm from. I mean, there was, I, I saw back Sabbath the day their first album came out. When I saw one of the gigs I for, saw free. it was supported by Genesis. And I met oh, Mike Brotherford. And he, and he was telling me that he remembered the gig. He said, it's crystal, you know, I remember it so Brilliant. well. And it was really weird. I said to Mike Rutherford, we were, um, we, I said, I'm the bass player in status quo. You know, how bizarre is that? And he looked at me because he's about eight foot, nine tall. And he, he yeah. leaned over and said, dear boy, I know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. Mate. You know, I bought Boxtrot, you know, I went to see, which was unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I saw Quo and I was, I think I saw Uriah here the week after, or What yeah. the Hoop? all these bands. But right. I remember thinking yeah. Quo was, yeah, it's all right, you know. And then when you joined, when I joined, you realise it's actually it only works one way. And the only way it works is to give it everything, every show. You've got to do that. You can't coast it. There's no way. You yeah. know, I mean yeah. I've seen Rick, I saw Rick Parfitt playing in some in some horrible states after a big you know, Rick could have, was a candle burner. You know if a oh candle had three ends, he would have been there. You know, but um and I've seen him I've seen him in awful states, but at the same time he's somehow, you know, been able to, been able to do it.
0: Yeah, like, like turn I, it on. That's, that's like,
1: the main thing, you know, that's why that's why we do it. Yeah, and
0: no, of right course. Now. I just, I, I'd love. Sorry, John. I'd love to know like what your first impressions were of status quo in terms of like going in for the audition and how that worked. And
1: well, and it, what wasn't, it wasn't. A, it wasn't an audition as such. No, it was. I. Um, <clears throat> I, I do. Funny enough, I, I have heard recently of other bass players that told me they were. Oh yeah, I was offered that, and like, yeah, right, okay yeah 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 okay yeah, yeah yeah but anyway um i've done myself and the drummer jeff we've done rick's solo album and the alan lancaster who, who's um just recently passed yeah you know, I know, yeah. The, you know the, what, played in in the the glory you know when they were the Quo was a, gr- a big huge band and i was i've carried on his legacy i like to think um mm. But we, we did, we did, we had a play, Rick, Rick said, look, you know, we, we need a rhythm section for quote. are you interested? And I, I was, we were, I was kind of interested, but I was doing, as a, as a uh, professional musician stroke session player, I was really busy, I was doing great, you know, great, I was going mm. great guns. But anyway, I said, yeah, let, let's do it, you know, and we went along, and um, I don't know if you've watched any of these Hanna-Barbera cartoons, like Top Cat when they when they walk out after something and they're sort of they like a, you know they're, they're sort of vibrating from side to side like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway and that was we we had a jam and it, it was like that i would never played anything so loud in my life it was what the fuck is going on here i loved right. it but it was like oh my god this is mental and then um I got a yeah. phone call from Rick the next day to say, oh, it was unbelievable. What, what? I said, we haven't played so quiet in years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in fact, when I joined the band, one, one, the, the, one wall of the marshals was called the wall of death and the other one was called death row. And I mean, <laughs> you know, it was mental now, but I just got used to it. I got used to it, A and B I'm pretty deaf now. And they're not. Well, Rick, yeah. Rick, Rick, before obviously before he not Francis Ross's hearing is like a fifty-year-old. It's unbelievable. Myself and Andrew Brown my right ear is knackered. Really? I mean, if I go out anywhere, I wear hearing aids now. Yeah. But, I mean, it's absolutely bonkers. But and, yeah. and I loved it, you know. I, I, you know, all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, I get this. Let's, you know, get in. Well, no, you pay the price, but it's but it's um, an occupational hazard. I mean, my wife would probably disagree when she says, you never listen to me. Although, when you go deaf, as a man, women's frequencies, the voices, the frequencies of women's voices are the first that go. Fact, by the way. What? So when I say <laughs> they never listen to you, never listen to me, just tell you you've been playing some rock and roll.
0: God, <laughs> I... I'd love to know what how long it took to bed in with status quo because there was obviously like you know externally there's a lot of people going oh long oh, blah, time blah 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 long time yeah.
1: and they they stuck they stuck with me because um, I like to think they stuck with me because I'm really good at what I do with the bass playing mm. I looked like a complete twat when I joined I realised that but <laughs> I joined when when I think Francis in particular was trying to reinvent the band yeah as, as uh, even in, even more poppy band, like an AOR band. So you know, I fitted the bill for that. You know, this, at that time I had the big hair, they had the headless bass, um, you know, moved like a Duran Duran reject. You know, and I, you know, I had all, all the all the all the wrong moves for the Quo uh, which which, um, and I'm sure they were going, who is this wanker? You know, and then the, and then the music when. Went, um, you know light lightened up and then it, it took a while I think for everyone to realize that uh you know we're not the new backstreet boys or you know we can't you can't keep with the zeitgeist
0: yeah no no of course not of course yeah you've got to just stick stick to what people what people yeah, love and, we, and, we yeah. did,
1: and it started I think it started with a album we did in 19 which coincided with my friend Mike Paxman who I mentioned before yeah um, we 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 done a covers album which was very successful and we really, really did um, put a lot about. We, we, we really felt we needed to get back to doing what we, as a band, and, yeah. And and, um, and having had some success because we'd had a few albums that had really done not not good business. Business is not the right word. Then done very well. Yeah 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 yeah. We, we were able to do a thing to to not reinvent the band, but yeah, for for a smaller audience, you uh, Spinal Tap. Our was more selective. But, um, <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, no, well, the, then we didn't the, have <laughs> the influence. Well, we did get, get, you know, reconnect with what, with what I, what I think that, that Francis realised that the band was probably more about. Yeah. it you know, there wasn't the showbiz, there was a lot of showbiz went on in the nineties. And, then um, yeah, I think they, they wanted to get back to the music and, and, um, and then yeah, so that was, um, the starting point for us to be, uh, rediscover a bit of bit of, um, credibility isn't the world to reconnect with our fa- with our, with our friends.
0: Yeah. I, I, prefer yeah.
1: To call our, I, I really do. And I know that's maybe it's cringe with I prefer to call our audience friends as opposed to fans. You know, well, I, been, I'm actually quite been there good so long. with some of our some of our people that that started off as friends, as fans. I I actually have some good friends because mm. it's only it's only a point of connection.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah. I do <laughs> I do think you genuinely mean that. Like I, I you oh, know, I do some, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and that's in, that's important. You know, I I've, I think that bridging that gap is a very hard one to do. Uh, it it, it bands. And and fans and stuff and and um,
1: well, you do get I, some nut but you know, I, I, you, right, just, you, yeah. don't, you don't you do filter them. Not jobs, you've got to yeah. keep at arm's length. But no, you know, you don't want to you don't want to alienate people anyway. No. You know, right. Even if even if they are a bit intense with it all. It just to put yeah, I'm not Francis. You know, I don't, Francis couldn't do what I can do. Yeah, you yeah. know, because I mean, he's got you know, he really has got some. Uh, some stalkers I don't have stalkers I have people who just love the band and I'm um, not a conduit to it but I'm um they'll talk to me and I'll tell them what's going on
0: yeah yeah that's 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 pretty cool I like I like that you're like the, the politician of, of the band person,
1: mate, you
0: know right yeah you know you're you're, you're the um back channel you're, you're in the back channels man I like that well, but, I used to um... do it
1: to when it was worth it you know now people do blogs and all that i used to do what they call a tour log uh, when yeah. we had a website that wasn't um rent asunder by people slagging off me and then you bam versus your bam i mean fuck off you oh know my god yeah what it is you know oh it's, it's it's but you know that's how it is you know in the modern world you know yeah. there are people that live in the past and people that and the people that live in the present and people that don't like either or whatever. But you know, I used to do a tour a right. lot, which I really enjoyed it and it had quite a connect but now it's just not worth it. But you know, yeah, people want to talk to me, I'm there, you know. What's yeah. the problem? You know? Oh yeah, in, in that case, okay, before we go, I have to um, plug my next thing. Oh, yes, please do, mate. My album's called Charge, my live album, and I'm touring in January around the UK to promote that, which you can find on, which is probably why I'm here, mate. Well, one of them is. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. It's actually great. It's really nice that someone wants to... Oh, I'll rephrase all that. Fuck all that. And no and no <laughs> shit. It's, I don't do many interviews. It's really nice that someone wants to talk to me. Really. I'm, not, I'm not just saying that. And I know, you know, and I, um, and actually it wants to talk to me, you know, as opposed to, oh, how great is it to do this? But, um, anyway, right. Yeah, I've got my, my, um, my live album is called Rhino's Revenge. It's called Charge. It's a live album. I absolutely, I personally absolutely love it. If you don't like it, you know, as I said, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, I'm touring to promote that around the UK in January. You can find it all on minersrevenge.com, my Facebook. Uh, we're putting it out on CD. Gold plated vinyl, yeah. And then um <laughs> I'm going to do another album called You're Never Too Old, which I don't think you are. Yeah. And that's going to be out sometime next year. And I'm thinking I'm going to be touring again around October. So you've been warned. Lots of love. And I'll see you Take next-
0: care, mate. Rock and roll. See rock. you next week. <laughs> bye. See you, mate. Bye-bye, bye bye. Bye.